together join me in prayer now father we thank you today in the name of your son jesus we thank you that today we're celebrating an amazing event that took place uh, the day of pentecost we thank you that you chose that particular festival uh, shifat in hebrew to send the holy spirit and we thank you that uh, as we begin to discuss these things you give us the grace because who can really talk about the Holy Spirit? We are, our understanding is too little to define and to describe and to explain to the people his scope of, 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 uh, of, of influence and his activity in the earth. But we thank you that you give us grace to minister your word. And Holy Spirit, you give us understanding, you enlighten us so we can know and understand more. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we are doing a series on the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd love for you to always have a, a, a notepad or your iPad so you can take some notes and have your Bible, have your highlighters and all that, because what the church needs, Bazalwane, these days is teaching. You need, you, need, you need solid teaching. You need uh, doctrine. Doctrine means what is taught, teaching. So as we discuss these things, uh, I'd love for you to take note of what we are discussing uh, so that you can be grounded and anchored in the word as God's people. Remember in 1 John, our first scripture is 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse number 4. First uh, John chapter 4, verse number 4, the Bible says, You are of God, talking about you. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you uh, is greater than he who is in the world. Yeah. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. This particular scripture, uh, John the Apostle makes an admission that, that the world, as much as we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, but the world also has something dwelling in them. I know that when we talk about this scripture, we never focus on that, but the world has something in them. That which is in them influences them to behave in a certain way. It empowers them to fulfill the agenda or the program of Satan in the earth. This is why Jesus <clears throat> was very big on casting out of demons. Because that which was in the world, which is in the world even today, stands opposed to the will of God through that person. So this first scripture uh, it's an admission that you have the Holy Spirit. Great is the one who is in you. Greater is the one who is in you. All of you who, have, uh, who are joining us this morning, uh, there is the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, in Jesus' name. In the world, they have demonic spirits, what we call devils or foul spirits. Those spirits indwell those who are not washed in the blood. Demonic spirits inhabit 
their physical bodies. He, he makes, uh, takes up residence in their bodies so that through them he can begin to administrate and do the will of Satan, that, that particular person. And the Apostle Paul says, Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you are disqualified, 2 Corinthians 13.5. So that scripture then establishes that fact, Jesus Christ dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ dwells in us through the Spirit of God. It is such a privilege that God has chosen you as his dwelling place. God has chosen you as his place of residence. God has chosen you to be a, a, a person that he, he will inhabit. You therefore become his tabernacle. The Bible calls us his temple because he dwells in us by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So note that he abides in us by the Holy Spirit. So today it is important, family, to explain and to discuss why it is important for God, for the Holy Spirit to be in us. Why it became necessary for, the, for God to send the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost for him to come and begin to find residence in us. So I want us today to talk about five things around the day of Pentecost. Uh, number one. It is, uh, it is, number one, the day of Pentecost, what really happened there, what, what, what Pentecost is, what that is about. Number two, uh, why he was sent specifically on that day. Why the Holy Spirit was not sent uh, the day before or the day after, but why he was sent specifically on the day of Pentecost, because that is important uh, to note. Number three, I want us to also uh, talk about uh, things that must uh, unfold going forward. See, Pentecost uh, would empower us through the Holy Spirit for certain events to take place. We are initiators of certain things that must happen in the earth. Without us getting involved, without the Holy Spirit coming upon us, there are things in the calendar of heaven there are things which God wants to see done, which will not be uh, fulfilled unless the Holy Spirit comes upon us mm. and then we are sent out. This is why Jesus told them, he said, don't you dare venture out unless you are en endowed or endued or empowered with the Holy Spirit because you're going to step out and misrepresent me. Mm. So wait uh, in, the, in the upper room until the power of the Holy Ghost comes upon you. When the power comes upon you now, you are ready to be sent and to represent me in Jesus' name. Number four, if we have time, I want us to talk about what it means to be a witness. Because today you will discover that uh, in the very spine of, of Pentecost is the Holy Spirit making witnesses out of us. Mm -hmm. That is what Pentecost is about. I don't want us to limit these things to small events like speaking in other tongues and, and praying for the sick. All that happens so that we can be powerful witnesses. The Holy Spirit comes to make a powerful witness of you and a powerful witness of me. Amen. If we have time, I, I, don't, um, I hope we'll have time today. If we don't, then we'll do it on Wednesday. We're going to discuss uh, how to prepare or to give birth. 
uh, or deliver these events that the Lord Jesus wants to see happen in Jesus' name. So let us start this way, family. In the book of Genesis, we are going to talk about Pentecost, but I remember last week I said I want you to see him from the Old Testament. I'm not going to dwell there today because I want to focus on in, in the book of Acts. Then next week we're going to then carry on with the teaching on the Holy Spirit. In the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 3, uh, verse number 17, the Bible says there, Cast is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your face. You shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are. And to dust you shall return. Now in the same chapter, uh, in verse number 23 and verse number 24, the Bible says, Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden, to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword, which uh, turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. Now, I want you to listen to this family. After the events of Genesis 3, uh, what I have read there, the fall, what we refer to as the fall of man. After the events of Genesis 3, uh, God, through a few individuals, began to be involved in his role, uh, in his restorative role. Uh, let me repeat that, because God's role after the events of Genesis chapter 3 was restorative. In other words, he, from that point onwards, Everything that happens from Genesis 4 onwards to the book of Revelation, uh, maybe the, the former part of Revelation, is restorative. Because something has been broken and everything now that's going to take place in the earth through the Holy Spirit will be to restore that which has been broken in Jesus' name. So the, the Holy Spirit's mission has for the most part in the entire Bible, after what Adam did in Genesis 3, has been about repairing, has been about recovering, has been about renewing, reviving, reclaiming, and rehabilitating. All those words that I've just mentioned start with R-E, which is a prefix uh, which means to do again. Uh, so the, the role of the Holy Spirit in the entire Bible. Now, in the, in, in, on the day of Pentecost, the, the mission is still not accomplished. What changes there is that he is now been sent to uh, come upon many people. In the Old Testament, you remember that uh, the Lord God was limited. He could only do his repairing, his recovery, his renewing, his re reviving, his uh, reclaiming of things and rehabilitating uh, uh, nations through individual people. On the day of Pentecost, now he comes upon 120 in the upper room. Now the pace shall be quickened. Mm -hmm. That which he wants to do, he wants to fulfill in the earth shall gain speed because there are more numbers. But 
the, the, the role of the Holy Spirit has been that of restoration. It culminates in what we call transformation and realignment. Now, when you are transformed, uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, be, uh, be renewed by the trans be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we are transformed. That's the, that's the apex of the process. And we're being uh, aligned to the will of God in heaven. Uh, so the role of the Holy Spirit has been restorative. Remember in Noah, Noah, re he comes onto the scene. What does he do? The Holy Spirit comes upon him and he recreates a new world, a, a new generation. And uh, after him, Abraham comes. What does he do? He rebuilds what would be a, a God's nation going forward. And after him, uh, Moses comes. What does Moses do? The Spirit of God is upon him too. He, the Holy Spirit is limited in the Old Testament because he can only come upon one person at a time. Uh, the person that God had uh, anointed, whose finger was upon that person, the Holy Spirit would come upon that one for that one to fulfill the will of God in the end. So Moses comes and uh, after he had uh, delivered uh, the children of Israel out of bondage, he then through the Torah, he rehabilitates the nation through the Torah, through the law, because they are full of Egypt. They are full of the, of the culture of the world in, in Egypt. Now God introduces them, what you call a, a culture of the kingdom, so to speak, in that era. So there's a rehabilitation that takes place because they must be realigned to the will of the Father. So it's all a, a, a returning to something that God had wanted to do. That is the role of the Holy Spirit as you are going to discover uh, going forward. So this has been an ongoing thing, uh, now the pace of restoration uh, in the Old Testament, from it being so slow uh, because of, 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 the, of the covenant of the time, which didn't allow for certain things to happen. Judges, remember judges in the Old Testament as Samson. Only Samson, the Bible says power came upon him as a judge. And certain prophets and, uh, and kings, etc. But those individuals, this is why it is, it is the pleasure of the Lamb to, for us to be baptized in the Holy Spirit under the New Testament or New Covenant. Because now the will of the Father gets disseminated through a multiplicity of instruments who can then go out and fulfill the will of God in the earth in Jesus' name. Now, then Jesus comes. Remember, the pace of restoration must, must be hastened. Because remember, the Bible always talks about the time is short. Uh, there, is a, there, there is a timeline in heaven. Things must happen uh, within certain time frames. And the enemy in the earth has been resisting for events to take place according to the calendar and to the timeline of God in heaven. Now, Jesus uh, comes and he says in Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to verse number 4, 
The Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them, and they were all, see all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Amen. What happened there was, uh, we, you and I call it the day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost is, is the Greek term. Uh, it means 50th. Remember this, this, this penta, you know, you talk about five, you talk about a pen, pentagon. Uh, it, it's five, 50th. Uh, so five, fiftieth uh, is it's Pente, it's Pentecost, amen. amen. You can also come up with your own words, uh, which which start with Penta. Penta is, is is reflects the five. Uh, in this case, Pentecost, which is fiftieth. All right. Uh, Pentecost was an event, Bazalwane, which was celebrated in the Old Testament, but in the Old Testament, it was not known as Pentecost because uh, Pentecost is Greek. In the Old Testament, we're dealing with Hebrew, Hebrew te uh, terminology there. So what I want you to know is this. The Holy Spirit did not come to introduce the day of Pentecost. He came on the day of Pentecost. In other words, he did not, when the Holy Spirit came, he didn't give birth to Pentecost. He came on a day, it was a festival of the Jews, that was meant to celebrate something. So they celebrate, which I'm going to discuss with you, because all that is important for us to have a, a broad understanding of these things. So on that particular day, uh, which was also known in its Hebrew name called Shafut, this family appears for the first time in the book of Exodus. And uh, it's, it's ex Exodus 23, verse 16. Now, don't be confused because Acts 2, it's Pentecost, which is Greek. But throughout the Old Testament, there has been this festival that was celebrated. There has been this feast that the Jewish people always celebrated. So what was it about? Now, Shafut, which is Hebrew, was about the celebration of the early wheat harvest. Now, all this is important when you discuss the day of Pentecost in Acts 2. Now, just flow with me. It was meant to celebrate the um, celebration of, of the early wheat harvest by the, the children of Israel. Number two, uh, Pentecost or Shafut in Hebrew, a celebration of the law that God had given to Moses. So on that particular day, they celebrated the law, the celebration of the law or the Torah. In their, in their language. It was also called the Feast of Weeks, or the Feast of Weeks, which is seven weeks, from the day of, um, of the Passover to the day of, of Pentecost, there were seven weeks in between. So it was called the Feast of, of, of Weeks, uh, which is 49 weeks. So Pentecost was celebrated the following day, which was the 50th day. So it's uh, seven weeks, that's 49 days, and then the following day is the 50th day. That's when 
uh, the Holy Spirit came. So God the Father chose to release the Holy Spirit on the day when the nation was celebrating harvest. He chose to release him in the season of harvest. It becomes important as a New Testament believer. Why did God choose to release him on that particular? There had, there had been festivals before. In actual fact, the festival they had just finished uh, celebrating was the festival of the first fruits. So they were entering now into a new uh, a harvest of, of the wheat, of the early wheat. But God chooses to release the Holy Spirit on this in this particular season, the season of harvest. Now, this makes the Holy Spirit the spirit of harvest. Understand that? So the Holy Spirit becomes the spirit of harvest. So whatever he's going to do in the earth, harvest will not be absent. He is released in a season of harvest because part of what he's going to do, uh, one of the main things in the scope of his, 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 his role in the earth is going to be harvest. All right. Now, I want you to understand that going forward. So he came also uh, when they were celebrating the word. Flow with me, family. Get these things. The Holy Spirit came when they were celebrating the Torah. He came when they were celebrating the word which Moses had received. Remember, he received that on Mount Sinai. So they, they would celebrate that. So he came. Uh, so the Spirit is the Spirit who celebrates the word. Now, his, his coming on the day of Pentecost is very well uh, planned by heaven. It is timely. Because it, it, it gives testament to who he is and to his agenda in the earth. He comes when they are celebrating harvest. He's the spirit of harvest. He comes also uh, when they are celebrating the word. So he is the spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit who celebrates the word. He is the spirit of the word. He is the spirit of the word. Remember that Jesus said, uh, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So he came on the day of Pentecost to dwell upon many. So when he comes, understand that he is the spirit who celebrates the word. He is, he is into the word. He is into harvest and other things that we are going to discuss uh, going forward. So again, family, uh, grab, uh, grasp these things because they are important. He came as the spirit of harvest. Note that. Uh, because if you, are, if you are flowing in the Holy Spirit, you know people say uh, we flow in the Holy Ghost. So understand his DNA. Because you, you cannot flow in the Holy Ghost if... Your DNA is not a DNA of harvest. There must be something that, that, that moves you into harvest if, if the Holy Spirit is upon you. Amen. So, number one, we said he came as the Spirit of harvest. Remember in, 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 in the book of Acts, in, in chapter 2, because Pentecost takes place in chapter 2. Go verse 3. Verse 3, the Bible says the Holy Spirit comes and he fills the whole house. Right? 
But in verse 41 of the same chapter, harvest takes place. 3,000 people, yeah. just few verses after he had come, the yes, Bible says, uh, Apostle Peter preaches the gospel and 3,000 on one day, 3,000 souls come into the kingdom. Why? Because he is the spirit of harvest. Where the Holy Spirit is, there must be a testament, there must be a witness, if you will, there must be evidence, there must be proof uh, through the harvest. So a church that has the Holy Spirit flowing in there, and we understand the DNA of the Holy Spirit, we will be harvest-oriented. We will be, there, will, there will be something that drives us into the mission field to win the lost for Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So understand that. So, and then we said, secondly, he came as the spirit of the word. Amen. Um, in in same same book, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, the Bible says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. He comes, suddenly there's a, a focus on, on, on doctrine. Now they must study the word. They must read the word. If you have the spirit of God in you, uh, I see people who are looking, who are watching me, and I see my non And all the people, the mochet was... Uh, they are big on my screen for whatever reason. Amen. Bongin, uh, everybody else on, on, on Facebook Live. If the Spirit of God in, indwells you, if the Holy Spirit is in you, you will be very big on, on the Word because that is the appetite He brings. He, he gives you an appetite for the Word. The word doctrine means something that is taught, it means teaching. So what is taught, that's, that's, that's called doctrine uh, in theology. Now, also, it comes, Bazalwane, in the day, on, on the day of Pentecost as the spirit of power. It comes as the spirit of power. Now, the Bible says, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, all in chapter 2. We have an adventure into chapter 3. It was still the day of Pentecost, chapter 3. Uh, the, the harvest is taking place. There's a focus on the word, on doctrine, and now we're realizing that he is the spirit of power. It says, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Amen. In actual fact, the book of Acts is the book of the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. The, the acts of the Holy Spirit. Acts of the Holy Spirit. But our apostoli empowered because swing a man like a monwele, Uguti Benze im sebenzi Yamandla, Uguze is willigati qualsegam sabin. So also he comes on the day of Pentecost as as the spirit of ecclesia. Now I'm gonna just I'm not gonna dwell here too much because I don't want to you know with these big words. But what, what we mean by that, Ecclesia, basically, it's, it's the called out ones, it's the, it's the church. So he, he comes as the spirit for Ecclesia. In other words, he comes uh, to bring, Ecclesia is, 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 is the body of Christ all over the world. In the book of Acts, in chapter 2, we realize that the Holy Spirit is not just for Zulus, is not just for Jews, 
is not just for Kosas or for Tswanes or for Peris or Debeles. He is the spirit for Ecclesia, for everybody who would allow Jesus to come into their hearts. They consist of every race, of every tribe, and every kindred. That is given testament in that book because it was important because Abajuta, they were prejudiced against other Gentile nations. They were very particular. They called them dogs. You know? But no, you cannot partake at the table of kings. We're a dog. So it was important, even as we are going to see why the Holy Spirit came and they spoke in other tongues. Why they spoke in those particular tongues on the day of Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit comes then, Barcelona, on the day of Pentecost, mainly upon the Jewish people. Flow with me. So we're teaching. He comes upon the Jewish staunch Jews. You don't tell them nothing about anything else. They all, the only thing they know is that God, Yahweh, is for them. If you don't belong, if you're not a Jewish person, you have got no business with Yahweh. He is theirs exclusively theirs. But the Holy Spirit is about to prove them wrong. God the Father in heaven is about to prove them wrong because the Holy Spirit is coming as the Spirit for Ecclesia, for the Spirit of all those who would place their faith in the Son of God, who would receive Him and be washed in His precious blood and repent of their sins, irrespective of their nation, irrespective of their gender, of whatever it is, He would come upon all of them. Now the Bible says, the Jews begin to speak, listen to this, involuntarily. In other words, they didn't choose, it just, it's involuntarily, they, they, they just speak languages of the Gentiles, which you and I call uh, uh, language or uh, tongues, speaking other tongues. So they, they, the, he comes upon them and they begin to speak a language in their normal sense, they would not even, it would, it would be um, anathema, they, they, like, like a curse, like an embarrassment for them to even speak a language of a Gentile. Mm. It degraded them. Mm. It made them look cheap, less Jew. If they spoke, it's like, it's like uh, our, our, our friends in South Africa, uh, who won't speak Isizulu because even in Ghana, when they try to, to speak in Isizulu, they, they, they hush, they stop them because it's an insult. You are degrading yourself. Mm. Uh, they would stop them. A little child is, is trying to put together words in an African language and, and they, they say, no, 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 don't speak that. That's, 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 for, that's for black people. <laughs> and so this, is, this was the case on the day of Pentecost. We have got these Jewish people and the Holy Spirit comes. He says, it's not going to be your will anymore. When I come upon you, they begin to speak in other tongues. Tongues. So culturally, they, they, they just mess them up. But they cannot help this because it's just the, the Spirit of God is bubbling from within. And there's a language that's being formed out of their lips. And they just, they just are speaking. They cannot understand themselves what they are saying. Why? Because the spirit of the harvest had come. If they were to go out 
and win the world. Mm. There were barriers that had to be broken. There were walls that the Holy Ghost had to break. And he chose to use speaking in other tongues as a means to break down. That's the first thing that happened, the spirit of ecclesia. So when they spoke in these Gentile languages by the Holy Ghost, Gentile, the Bible says, they came closer. Mm. Now, the Jews would have moved them back, but now they're speaking in other tongues. And when they speak, these Gentiles, they, 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 they are drawing closer. For the Bible says, we hear them speaking in our own languages, the wonderful works of God, Acts 2, 11. Mm. That's the Gentiles speaking. So we hear them speaking in our own languages, the wonderful works of God, unknown to the 120. They were ministering the word to the Gentiles without even them being conscious of it. In other words, the agency, there was an, an, an agency in the, in the spirit for them to step out. But God will not wait for them to to debate it in their own mind. He says, I'm going to just move your tongue. You're going to preach right now, right here. You're going to preach the gospel. Now, they, they begin to speak in other tongues. And the Bible says they spoke of the wonderful works of God. Whatever that they were saying that you and I think it's gibberish because uh, intellectually we cannot grasp it. The Gentiles who are listening, they said, no, they, 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 they are declaring the wonderful works of heaven. So they spoke to the Gentiles about the wonderful works. Hallelujah. Amen. Something they would not have done consciously themselves. Now, let me just spend about three minutes, family. Let me just talk to you about tongues just for about three minutes. Because sometimes has caused so much uh, debate and confusion in the body of Christ. I want to mention about five things concerning tongues. Then I'm going to move on uh, if time allows. Tongues are given by the Holy Spirit. Tongues are not, they don't come from the mind. They, the Bible says, as the Spirit gave them utterance or, or pronunciation. So, number one, they are given by the Holy Spirit. Number two, they are tongues of men and they are tongues of angels. They are tongues of men. In other words, when it says they are tongues of men, as it happened in the book of Acts, you can speak um, a language somewhere in the world, a Chinese or whatever, whatever language on earth. God can give you the ability to, to speak that language. But there are also tongues of angels. In other words, when you speak that, there's no one on earth who would hear you anyway, because those tongues are tongues of angels. How do we know that? It's 1 Corinthians uh, 13 verse 1. They are tongues of men and they are tongues of angels. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, go and check that out. So understand that. Number three, if you pray in a tongue, your spirit prays, but your mind is unfruitful or unproductive. Let me repeat that. If you, if you pray in a tongue, the Bible says your, your spirit prays, but your mind, in other words, my intellect is unproductive and it's unfruitful. In other words, you don't know what you are praying cognitively and intellectually. I have no idea what I'm saying. It makes no sense. 
because it's my spirit praying, but my mind, my intellect, and uh, my cognitive, uh, whatever it is, uh, they don't grasp it. Now, because of that, many people dismiss tongues as, and you are even embarrassed. My friend, he has come to put that on you for a reason. When you speak in other tongues, you are, you are praying mysteries yeah. in the spirit. So I want to encourage you today. I want you from today to have an appetite. Yeah. I want you to pray for God to baptize you in the spirit so that you can speak in other tongues in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Number four, tongues are for his ears, not for our ears. So when you speak in other tongues, it's not for our ears. It, it, it's got nothing to do with, with us understanding what you are saying. That is why the, uh, Paul says there the must be interpretation, especially if you, if you are speaking in tongues on a microphone in a church setting and everybody is listening to you praying in tongues alone. If everybody is praying in tongues, often no interpretation, we're just praying and interceding and all that. But if, if, if someone prays in tongues, there must be an interpretation because tongues plus interpretation equals prophecy. So he says, uh, they must be interpreted. So tongues are for his ears. Please note that. Tongues are for his ears, not for our ears. So when you pray in other tongues, you must pray confidently, knowing that verily, uh, men will not be able to understand me or hear me. It's not for our ears. It's for his ears. Tongues are for the spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Number five, tongues are evidence of baptism in the Holy Ghost. Tongues are evidence uh, of baptism in the Holy Spirit. So that, understand that, family. I, I know that maybe at this point, not all of you speak in other tongues. You will. You will. You will. You know why you will? Because it is his desire that you do. All you need to do is just be, be, be open. Uh, don't feel him. Allow him to utter words through you. Now, don't allow somebody to draw you into a corner and, and, and make you repeat words after them. That's not, that's not God. Mm-mm. No one can say, say, Rabakaka, Remondoro, say after me, say after me, Rebokoshete. Now you're Rebokoshete. No, no, no. That's not God. The Spirit of God gives you utterance. Right. He speaks through you. It's unique yes. to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Pentecostals are those who believe. You, you, you see, we're dealing with Pentecost. Then from Pentecost in, in Acts chapter 2, you have now people like you and I who are called Pentecostals. Mm-hmm. Now, Pentecostals are those who believe in baptism in the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, evidenced in other tongues, speaking other tongues. Know that. that. That's why you are called Pentecostals. Even if you didn't have that, um, that tag now, you just by default, if you believe in the Holy Spirit, you believe in speaking other tongues, you're just by default, you are a Pentecostal. Amen. Pentecostals also believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Remember the gifts of the Spirit? Uh, they're listed in, in, in 1 Corinthians 12. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. So if you're a Pentecostal, the Holy Spirit comes with this package because remember, it has been a restoration right through the Old Testament. Now the pace must be hastened. Yeah. Now these things must be poured out upon the church. And the church must begin to do these things. The gifts of the Spirit will discuss these things going forward. But the gifts, there are nine of them. There's a, there's a gift of prophecy. There's interpretation of tongues. There's a, there's a gift of tongues. And then there's a... A gift of faith, 
Then there is uh, the working of miracles. Then there is a uh, uh, gift of healings. Then there is a discerning uh, of spirits. Yeah. Remember that the, the word of wisdom. Remember that. So you you you've got these 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 gifts that are there, uh, which you must might go and just 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 check them out if I if I missed any of them there. But all these now come. So Pentecost comes and it brings all these things. Now, before I, I conclude, there's something I need to mention, Bazan, which, 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 which I reserved just for this time. I want you to go in your Bibles and go to Acts 1 verse 8 because if there's anything you must learn about Pentecost, if nothing at all, this you must know. Now, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, I want us to end, finish this way. The spirit of Pentecost makes a witness out of you. Now, I need to explain what a witness is because most of us, we limit witnessing to just talking to uh, people about Jesus. You know, we talk to people about Christ, then we limit it there. If God is going to restore, do restoration, do transformation and realign us to the agenda of heaven, he will do that once we have a revelation of what it means to be a powerful witness. Mm. Pentecost completes this process. When you understand what Pentecost is about, you begin to realize that without revelation of what it means to be a witness, uh, Pentecost is not complete. Yeah. Pentecost is not. So the word uh, witness, Bazalwan, witness. This word is, is used in a court of law. It's a legal word. It's used in court. Witness. You know that um, some, some cases are won or lost based on the credibility of witnesses. Yeah. You, would, would, you, you would hear somebody say, no, that was a weak, an incredible witness. That was a strong witness. So some, some cases. So the word, the meaning... Of, of a witness, it is someone who is called, someone who is called to provide proof or evidence mm. that something is as claimed. Mm. Let me repeat that. See, family, understand what I'm saying to you. When you think about tongues and all the gifts of the spirit and all that, what you know what we do in churches, at the end of it all, Pentecost wants to make a powerful witness of you. What is a witness? A witness is someone who is called to provide proof, to provide evidence that something is as claimed. Yeah. So whatever we claim, whatever our claims about Jesus, whatever we say to the world about Jesus, there must be smoking gun evidence that indeed what we say is, is. Yeah. Without that proof, the, our, our witness in the world, our, whatever that we say, is weak. So, in every generation, listen to this family. 
in every generation, Jesus is subjected to the court of public opinion. Yeah. He needs witnesses who are going to go, powerful witnesses who are going to go, and, 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 and through them, he will prove himself strong. He will prove himself credible. He will prove himself. He will be vindicated yeah. in the court of public opinion. Those who continue to crucify him as much as he was crucified more than 2,000 years ago. But they must be, he is looking for witnesses to be released in every uh, um, country, in every nation, in every city. People who are going to be credible witnesses for the, he sends them, he sends witnesses. This is what he wants to do when the Holy Ghost comes upon you in your own generation, yes. in your own sphere of influence, in your own social circle. He sends you as a powerful witness so that through you, we show tangible evidence mm -hmm. that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. Yes. He, his, his transforming power in my life will be evidence when people begin to see the power of his word doing something in my oh life, my I was not, now I am. That's what, that was a testament, the witness of, of people who, who followed Jesus. I once was, but I'm not. I, I once was blind, but now I can see. What a powerful witness. It's, it's, it's tangible evidence of that which Jesus claims to be. Miracle signs and wonders to demonstrate the power of his love. That is what the Lord God. That's why he wants the power of the Holy Ghost to be upon us. That is why he wants all of us to know what it means to be a powerful witness. So that we don't only just uh, proclaim or declare who he is. But we demonstrate who he is. Because when we begin, to, all of us, it is your challenge. It is my challenge. We, we, we pray until we get to that level whereby we can proclaim that Jesus is Lord, but we can also demonstrate. In other words, devils must be cast out. Uh, people must be prayed for and, and be healed. Yes. Cancer must be healed. And all these things that people are battling with must be dealt with by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. When this happens, it becomes concrete evidence. It becomes proof yes. that indeed... The name of Jesus is holy. Because you tell the people, if I pray for you in the name of Chris or Benjamin or, or whatever it is, Zippo, whatever it is, you won't, you won't experience the miracle. But I pray in the name of Jesus. That's why he said, hallowed be thy name. We are the people who hallow his name. To hallow means to sanctify or to set apart. As witnesses, we are called out to produce evidence to hallow his name. When we begin to pray for the sick in his name, his name is set apart in their eyes. When we begin to cast out devils in the name of Jesus, his name is, 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 is made holy or hallowed. When we begin, when you watching me, all of us, men, women, boys and girls begin to go out because the spirit of Pentecost is upon us. We go out as powerful witnesses and we begin to produce evidence the world now does not have to debate. Remember the man who, I, I think he had been blind. He says, whatever you are saying, I don't know. All I know is that I was blind, now I see. 
Because no one can contest a miracle. No one can debate against a blind a man who, who now sees but once was blind. That's why the Lord God is more passionate, more than ourselves, that we, we are empowered with the Holy Ghost. And we begin to uh, work the faith in us to begin to do greater works. He says, you will do greater works. Why is this important? Because for God to be preached and for him to be believed everywhere in the world, it's not just going to be about us preaching sermons, but there must be proof. There must be evidence. Why? Because we are witnesses. What is a witness? A witness is someone who is called to provide evidence or proof. That's why you need the power of the Holy Ghost. That's why I need the power of the Holy Ghost. Just give me three more minutes, family. Five minutes, then I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go beyond five minutes now. In Jesus' name. The Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost to make witnesses of us. Powerful witnesses. Now, the highest level of a powerful witness is found... I'm going to end with this scripture. The highest level of a powerful witness is found in Revelation 11. That's what they call the apex, the acme, the zenith of being a witness in the eyes of heaven. It's found in in Revelation 11. The Bible says, and I will give power to my two witnesses and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth, these are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from the mouth and devours from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood Mm. and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. This is what Pentecost came to accomplish through us. Whether this level of witness will be accomplished in our, uh, within our era, I don't know. But all that I know is this family. From this point onwards, you and I can no longer afford to limit the Holy Ghost within just the perimeters of the speaking in tongues and just and just feeling nice in church. There is a mission for you. There is a mission for me. From the events of Genesis 3, God has been through the Holy Ghost, has been in the process, involved in the earth, in, in his restorative capacity. Now you have come into the scene. I've come into the scene now through you and through me. The pace and the speed of him reaching the earth. He is glad that you have come into the family. He is glad that you gave your life to him. Because he needs you. There are people that you will reach that no one else will reach because of your personality, because of who you are, because of your very deportment and just how you speak. There are people that you will reach for God that I would never reach. Now he wants you, mothers, grandparents, grandfathers, and everybody listening to me. Let the Holy Ghost come upon us. 
that we may be powerful witnesses in the earth. We pray, I know that we have been limited within just sharing the, which is powerful, but just sharing the gospel on its own, it is not incorrect, but it is incomplete. It is completed when we understand the other leg. The gospel walks on two legs. Uh, Declaration, proclamation, on the other one is demonstration. Mm. When those two legs walk uh, in sync, the gospel gains pace, the, the kingdom of God is established in the earth. But those who are in the kingdom must have a revelation of these things in Jesus' name. We are about to pray, family. So I pray that the spirit of prophecy uh, and Pentecost, you know, prophecy, comes upon you in Jesus' uh, prophecy too. Amen. The spirit of, 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 of Pentecost in, in, in its full weight in the name of Jesus. I don't want you after lockdown to go and do business as usual. We cannot afford to go back to churches and just do things uh, within the normal uh, frame of, of how we, we did things before. We are in the know now. We have intel in that which is in heaven through the Holy Ghost. We now know what is in the heart of the Father. He is making witnesses of all of us. Now let's pray. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let's pray with me, family. Can, you, can we unmute them? Lord, I pray for I pray for you to have appetite. That every time we minister to you, let there be a craving. Go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, go deeper in your revelation, in your understanding. Father, we pray that your people will be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon your people. Let those who, who don't speak in other tongues, let the Holy Ghost come upon them. Let them begin to speak in other tongues. Loose your Holy Spirit upon your people. Loose your Holy Ghost upon your people. Baptize us in the Holy Ghost. For we desire to be powerful witnesses in the earth. We desire to be powerful witnesses for God in the earth. Not just explaining it, but also demonstrate, demonstrating it. For the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We want the world to taste as we begin to move in power, let them taste so that they can see that he, he indeed is good. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Uh, bless you, family. Are you blessed? Wave if you are blessed by that word in Jesus' name. I want to see you. I don't see all of you. I see Zama. Amen. Oh, they're clapping, they're showing their Bless hands. God. Thank you. Amen. Come, 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 Mama. 